If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. That's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco-free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, get 10% off. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. I want you to think about something. What if the world was ending tomorrow? And I should clarify, 
I don't mean there's an asteroid going to come and destroy everything and kill everyone because that's a different scenario. What if, according to your beliefs, there was going to be a rapture tomorrow? God was going to come snatch you and your fellow believers up and take you off into heaven and everyone else was going to be thrown into hell. It's already been decided. There's no saving them. You can't do anything else for them. They're gone. What does it allow you morally to do today? What does it cause you to do when you interact with your fellow man today? Are you kinder? Are you meaner? If you're hungry and he has some food, do you just take it? Why not? I've asked myself this question about atheism. I'm not an atheist. And I wonder, I'm sure I have atheists listening as we speak. I wonder how you come up with your moral code if you are one. Because societies throughout the history of mankind have used religion to come up with their moral codes, period. Whether you're the Aztecs and you're carving out the heart of children, whether you're Jews, Christians, Muslims, whatever the case may be, the eight eight trillion different religions there have been, that's how you come up with your moral code. But if you believe there's nothing... How do you come up with yours, and what's your motivation to stick to it? If it doesn't matter, then it doesn't matter, right? We're going to talk today about one of the most fascinating individuals you probably have never heard of, and I will tell you, I have been reading on him for 24 hours now, and I still cannot figure out if this person is genuine, if he's the best con man of all time, if he's a mixture of the two, clearly brilliant, maybe insane. I don't know. And you're going to have to come up with your own. And Full disclosure, there's going to be some Mormon talk today. I'm not a Mormon. And if I screw something up with your religion, you're welcome to email me. But I don't feel bad about it. I just, you know the rule. If you get offended, it's your fault. I've done the best I can to present this as accurately as humanly possible. Buck up, buttercup. But you are welcome to correct me if I get basics wrong. That doesn't bother me in the least. Then you're welcome to yell at me too. I get that. If you got to get something off your chest, just know that I don't care if you're offended. I don't get offended. You can say whatever you want about me, my religion, my family. It doesn't matter to me. James Strang. That's the man's name. He was born in New York. And from an early age, his mother was all over him as far as protecting him goes. He was kind of a delicate boy, they said. But 
again, it's so odd. From an early, early age, he appeared to be brilliant, genius. As a child, he kept diaries. He kept diaries where he talked extensively about how he thought he was supposed to be some great world leader or general, compared himself to Napoleon, wanted to be that way. But also, get this, wrote many things in his diaries in code, code that nobody could decipher for over a hundred years after he died as a child. I don't, I don't understand how that happens. He has a list of jobs as he's coming up. He has a list of religions, including atheism. He's a Baptist at one point in time. He's most definitely a charlatan at this point. Does he remain a charlatan? Well, you'll have to decide for yourself. And when I say charlatan... I mean, he sold land to people in other states that didn't exist. Ended up having to leave town because he sold land to a man in Ohio, and the man goes to Ohio, and the land doesn't exist. (laughs) Comes back and says, "Uh, James? And James says, peace, I'm heading west. And we are talking 19th century here. 19th century, you need to understand a couple things. 1830s, 1834, 35-ish, is a wealthy time in the United States of America. There is a humongous, humongous boom, economic boom in this country. There was silver, there was uh, wages were up, employment was up. And at this point in time... We are in the westward expansion portion of America. This is going to be fairly rough as far as maps go, but you need to think of Illinois, really. is That's western America, and people are beginning to explore out west of that. They're going out to Utah, California, Colorado, and that place is still considered to be wild and untamed. It is very much dangerous country, Indian country, animal country. It's it's scary country. But people pushed west for a lot of different reasons. People pushed west for freedom. Go get a piece of land, start my own thing. People pushed west for Personal reasons? Wife left me. I'm going to strike out on my own. People pushed west for religious reasons. I'm going to go convert the savages. Or, in the case of the Mormons, I'm going to push west because everyone hates our freaking guts. And they did. And they ended up settling in a place, Nauvoo, Illinois. It's a town that still exists. And I'm not going to go into everything that happened there, but just know this is the place where Joseph Smith was assassinated as he sat in jail. 
assassinated as in 200 men busted in and shot them to death. Mormons are trying to find a safe place for them to practice their religion at this time. And what they were running into was this. America was extremely tolerant of religions, kind of. Extremely tolerant up to the point where your religion set yourself apart, superseded society, superseded the law, and there was a Mormon thing where they really believed in setting up a monarch, a king. I'm talking crown in the works, baby. That gets uncomfortable and ended with Joseph Smith dying. And some problems began. Hang on. Home title theft is not a joke. It's not something that only happens in the movies. It doesn't only happen somewhere else. It is in every state here in the United States of America, and they haven't found a way to stop it yet, except for home title law. It's the only chance you have at stopping it if they come after you. You see these cyber thieves, they go after home titles now, which are digital. Your home title's online. If they get a hold of yours and they're out there looking for it, as we speak, they're looking for mine too, they will forge your signature on it. They will take a loan out against it, a loan that you have to pay back or you will be evicted from your home. That is real. Home Title Lock is your chance to stop it. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Register your address. See if you're already a victim. Don't forget to use the promo code JESSE for 30 free days. Joseph Smith is dead. The Mormon kingdom, if you want to call it. I don't know if that's the right way to put it in Nauvoo. It's got to go. Getting run out of town. They need a new place to land and they need a new leader because Joseph Smith is dead. The Mormon religion in America needs a new leader. Brigham Young, I'm sure you've heard of him, steps up to the plate. Clearly the leader in the clubhouse. Mr. James Strang also steps up. You see, he had converted, maybe, to Mormonism. We don't know. We don't know what's genuine and what's not genuine. We, we know, according to everybody, he was a relatively new convert to Mormonism. New Joseph Smith, kind of. Joseph Smith dies, and James Strang produces a letter from Joseph Smith, he claims. This letter is naming him the new head of the Mormon church. Now it gets interesting. We know the man has been a charlatan in the past. 
We think the letter's a forgery, maybe. James Strang was a former postmaster. To figure out if things are accurate or not, back then you would check dates. You would check date stamps. You would try to figure out if things looked legit. And as a former postmaster, James Strang would have possessed the ability to make it look legit. All that said, this letter still exists to this day. They still study it. And to this day, there are a bunch of people that say this is crap. And there are a bunch of people that say this looks legit. (laughs) I don't know. I don't have answers to a lot of the questions we're going to ask today. I know this. James Strang produced a letter and said, this is legit. And there were a bunch of Mormons that said, you're full of crap. And there are a bunch of Mormons that said, oh, that does look legit. And we have this divide in the Mormon church. Now, Brigham Young is heading west. You know how all that ended up. He's heading west. Let's get out of here. Let's get away from everybody where we can practice our faith by ourselves. Strang doesn't want to head west. And many Mormons make the decision to go with Strang partially because they believe Strang's claims and partially because the West is scary. And let's be clear, the West is scary at this time. The best way I could describe it would probably be Africa. Pick some grassy plain in Africa. Would you airdrop yourself and your family into some grassy plain of Africa? Now, you might be fine. And you might not be fine. Things could work out great. You could be eaten in a bowl of stew from a cannibal tribe. Things could be fine. You could live a free life. Or you could wake up in the jaws of a lion. You don't know. That's a great way to describe what the West really genuinely was in reality and in people's minds back then. Wild animals, big ones. Remember, they didn't have grizzly bears really back east. Grizzly bears are a whole new animal. Lewis and Clark wrote about this famously in their diary as they were charting their way out west. These grizzly bears terrified them. They talked about these monsters you would shoot seven, eight times and it doesn't die. That's scary. You have Indian stories, which are scary. Obviously, some of them are blown out of proportion and some of them are complete fabrications, but some of them ain't. People being tortured to death, burned alive, scalped. These are stories that would be intimidating. So if you want to practice your religion the way you want to, and you want your own place, but you don't necessarily want to go clear out west, it seems a little dangerous. Maybe this strang guy is somebody you would want to follow along with. And there are all kinds of divisions in the Mormon church at this time, Possibly still today. Again, I don't know. I'm not part of it. But one of them is the multiple wives thing. Polygamy. Strang at first was against it. Then he was for it. 
Many people, many, many people who followed him were dead set against this polygamy thing. I don't know what that division looks like percentage-wise in the Mormon church, but many people were against it. They end up following Strang up to a place called Beaver Island. Quit, Chris. Beaver Island is not small. It's in Lake Michigan. It's basically one quarter of the size of Michigan. It's huge. And they are searching for a utopian colony. This is the era of utopianism, big time. That's part of the reason the Mormons are heading west. It's definitely one of the reasons they head to Beaver Island. And back to the question at the beginning about what you would do if you thought the world was ending and you were getting into heaven and the other guy wasn't, this was an extremely strong era for that way of thinking, especially amongst the Mormons. People thought the world was coming to an end for a variety of reasons. And people were desperate. Remember I said the market was going well in the early 1830s? In 1837, you don't know about this, but there was a huge crash of all that. It's called the Panic of 1837, where the economy went into the crapper. That creates more panic for people, more desperation, more reaching out. And you find out there's a utopian colony on Beaver Island, and you say to yourself, that sounds not too bad. Now, how is... How is Mr. Strang still convincing people of this? Well, he had more than just a letter, kind of. He also had a vision, a dream, whatever you want to call it, where an angel came to him and told him, you should be a leader. You can mock that all you want. Scared, desperate people who are prone to believe that anyway may believe it. I will tell you, I believe in angels 100%. I believe angels have appeared and talked to people 100%. 100% says it in the Bible. I believe it. So, if I'm a Mormon, is it that big of a stretch to think one would appear to somebody? Someone I already believe in? Maybe not. I don't want to make them out to be crazy idiots. You understand what I mean? And let's keep this in mind. Remember the diary when he was a kid? This is a guy who had several different jobs, and this was whatever he was, con man, religious man, whatever he was, an extremely capable, charismatic, intelligent individual. He would not have appeared to be some wingnut up there as he's telling you the story of the angels visiting him. He also found some buried plates in the ground that happened to have some engravings saying, hey, this is our guy. Let's just say there was enough sign there that enough people believed him. We're talking 12,000 people here. Enough people believed him. This is, this is our guy. And as part of being the guy of Beaver Island, he is made the king not necessarily of Beaver Island, but the king of the people there. Again, it's going to sound like I'm defending him. Makes him sound really bad. And I mean crown and everything. You know, that sounds really bad, but that was how Mormons did things at the time. They had a king. Hang on.
Warrior's heart is doing something awesome. You see, I always say to people, don't tell me what you believe. Show me what you believe. If I tell you I care a lot about my health, I'm very worried about it, and yet I haven't had a piece of fruit in a week and I eat fast food three times a day, do I really care about my health? A lot of people tell you they care about veterans, but then they don't do anything about it. Warrior's Heart, they're finding veterans. They're bringing them into their 40-bed, 543-acre ranch, and they're getting them the PTSD, substance abuse, mild traumatic brain injury help they need. Warrior's Heart is out there doing the work. Surely you and I can help them, right? It's a 501c3. Go to warriorsheart.com slash the first, or if you're hurting, call 866-950-0636. Beaver Island becomes home to a gigantic sect of Mormons led by their king, who's king for six years, James Strang. In case you're wondering, there were some other people on the island. There were some Indians there. They kind of just got run out. There were many, many fishermen there, and that ended up being a bit of a problem. These were obviously not Mormons. They didn't like Mormons. The Mormons who were there didn't like them. They got pushed around. The fishermen claimed they would get revenge. Some people say they did get their revenge one day. James Strang is a king. I know you're probably weirded out. You're thinking this is a little cultish here. I have to say again, though, he wasn't a bad king. He was not some tyrant. He had a bunch of wives, but he wasn't, it was what he believed. He was not some tyrant who abused his people. He understood Beaver Island was a virtual gold mine for himself because it had trees. It's odd to think about, but there was a time when trees were oil, what oil is today. They were how they fueled everything. Beaver Island had tons of trees. And when I say the man was capable and a good king, I don't just mean he chopped down some trees and sold them. Yeah, he chopped down trees and sold them. He also had a rigorous replanting program so they could replace any trees they chopped down, keeping the economy going. In fact, they still to this day... Honor the man's environmental work. I'm not making this up. And I don't know if this was one big con or or he really believed it. He may have still been an atheist. He may have still been a Baptist. I don't know. But he wasn't bad. He really wasn't a bad king. However, remember the country has a problem with Mormons in general, 
And as the country is making its way, as it's feeling its way, deciding who and what we are. Remember, we're, we're in the 1830s here, 1840s. We're not that old as a nation. I mean, that is a baby as far as a nation goes. We're still making our way out west. Understandably, presidents, Congress, they're a little bit apprehensive about what is, by all intents and purposes, a separate kingdom being set up on an island. And the island, it was owned by the federal government. It's not like he bought Beaver Island. He just kind of moved into Beaver Island and decided this is going to be my place. Oh, did I mention he was a pirate? They were pirates. They would steal people's stuff. There was a way of thinking that it's all about to end anyway. We're God's chosen people. You're not. These things are now my things. Now, you can imagine how that would go. I'm trying to imagine what's the best way to put that into words today. Hmm. Pick a town where you live. This would be the best way to do this. Pick a town where you live. Small town. And picture, what's a religion people are apprehending? Islam's a perfect one. An Islamic guy moves into that town and a bunch of his Islamic followers, a bunch of his Muslim followers move into that town and they run out some of the non-Muslims who were in that town. Okay, now you're a little weirded out. Maybe it's a town. They'll call it 20,000 people. They run out a bunch of the non-Muslim followers. This Muslim guy who leads the people into that town is all of a sudden... Calling himself a sultan? He's the what? He's the sultan? That's a that's a little weird. There's a new mosque going up on every corner, and on occasion, a group of Muslims from this town will ride into your town and steal a car and drive it back their way. It was obviously a bit of a problem for people. It would make you what? You would be a little apprehensive about that. You would be looking around. Don't tell me you wouldn't be considering a call to the FBI. Uh, hey, are you? do you know what's going on here? You would. That's how Mormons were viewed back then. Will you add in, it doesn't take much stealing to get people now they're really angry and scared. And... Don't think for a second there wasn't some lying going on about the stealing that was actually taking place because people would be prone to believe it. Ah, I I lost my horse. I bet the Mormons stole it. I'm going to write the government. There was the Mormons. Everyone will believe that. And the government gets it and they're like, yeah, I can see those dirty Mormons doing that. Absolutely. The Navy comes and raids the place and arrests him. They arrest James Strang. This might be my favorite part. He gets put on trial. He's so brilliant, he gets acquitted and runs for the Michigan State Legislature as a Democrat and wins. Not only does he run and win, he is, even according to people who hated his guts, an extremely accomplished, effective member of the Michigan State Legislature. He wasn't some wingnut who came in. He comes in, 
and does a bunch of really good stuff. He does so well, he gets reelected. <laughs> I love this guy. I love this guy. Not everybody loved this guy, though. Eventually, he finds himself on a dock one day. There's a United States naval vessel on this dock as well. There are Navy seamen all over this dock as well. Two people come up to James Strang, shoot him in the head, grazes his head, shoot him in the cheek, ouch, and also shoot him in the spine, paralyzing him. The two people then take their pistols and beat the crap out of him after he's been shot three times. They then run on to one of these ships. Nobody stops them. Nobody warns Strang, stops the guys, or even attempts to arrest them. They carry James Strang away where he lives, I believe, for a few weeks before he finally dies. It is widely believed that the president of the United States himself and or the Michigan state government had him killed. That is the story of either the greatest con man of all time, certainly a charismatic, capable leader. How do we even put this, Chris? I don't want to call it a cult. I'm not going to try to insult a bunch of Mormons on here, but but is it would would other Mormons consider that a cult? It was a different sect, very much a rival sect to the other Mormons. I don't know what you want to call it, but I do know this. And I understand this is part of my broken down, awful nature. I kind of respect the hustle. I kind of respect the hustle. This is a guy who had multiple wives and at one point was traveling around and didn't want people to know he had multiple wives. So he dressed one of them up like a dude as his nephew. <laughs> it's just a, just an insane person. Hang on, I have thoughts. The Jesse Kelly Show. Vault Pro is warranted for life. That might be the coolest thing I can say about them. How many things do you know? are warrantied for life. Vault Pro is. If you go to Vault Pro, you can also customize what you buy there. And they have gun safes. They have storm shelters. They have walk-in vaults. If I sound excited about that, it's because I'm designing my own as we speak. They have vault doors. And when I say designing, this is what I mean. Vault Pro, they have custom items. They obviously have stock items you can buy, but you can add gun gun racks. You can add shelving. You can add workbenches. You can add things to make your Vault Pro safe for you. And made in America. Go to vaultprousa.com slash jesse. That's vaultprousa.com slash jesse. Do not forget to use the promo code jesse. 
Save yourself some money. Jesse Kelly. Back soon. I'm going to say the least popular thing I've ever said on the show. Part of me really admires Nancy Pelosi. I respect the hustle. Nancy Pelosi has the likability of athlete's foot. She comes off as this snobby, mean, miserable, rich old hag who would who would who wouldn't even look at you twice if you were laying in front of her on the sidewalk on fire. If she had a glass of water, she'd drink it and probably laugh as she got in the car and ate caviar. That's how she comes off, right? She does. Not an ounce of likability or charm. Not one. And yet Nancy Pelosi might be the most powerful woman in the United States of America. Nancy Pelosi is third in line for the presidency. Speaker of the House now. Twice. Nancy Pelosi is constantly doing And saying things that make virtually everyone cringe in horror and yet has somehow, like James Strang, has somehow risen to the top of the heap and I know it's wrong. I kind of respect it. Yes, I know she's detestable in every possible way. You don't have to write me and yell at me about that. I get it. You're welcome to call 877-377-4373, 877-377-4373. Anything bad you want to say about her, I will agree with you. I know. I get it. But it's it's almost like it's almost like a wide receiver in football who becomes a pro bowler in the NFL only he's really slow. He can't run fast. That's what it appears to a politician rising to that level of power. And you are almost universally hated as some old witch. It's amazing. (laughs) It is amazing. I I just, you know what we need? I'm going to get him on tomorrow. I want, um, we need John Phillips on, our good buddy who hosts the John Phillips show on KABC, that huge uh, station out in L.A., Great station, by the way. John is more wired into California politics than anybody. I need the Nancy Pelosi story from start to finish. I have to know how she pulled it off, Chris. I mean, and look, Chris, you can say to me, well, she's a Democrat in San Francisco, so she can't ever be beaten. Yes, that's the case now. However, at some point in her career, she had opponents. 
At some point, I guarantee she had primary opponents, and don't tell me they were less likable than she is. Somehow she has pulled this off. Somehow she's pulled this off. I want to know how. And in case you're wondering, she's in the news. Headline, Pelosi used shuttered San Francisco hair salon for blowout. Owner calls it a slap in the face. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi visited a San Francisco hair salon on Monday afternoon for a wash and blowout, despite local ordinances keeping salons closed amid the coronavirus pandemic. Fox News has learned. And the security footage obtained by Fox News, by the way, I'd love to know how they got a hold of that security footage. Who's the rat? Who got the security footage and sent it in? It had to be the owner. Had to be the owner. Anyway, in security footage obtained by Fox News and time-stamped Monday at 3.08 p.m. Pacific time, the California powerhouse is seen walking through e-salon in San Francisco with wet hair and without a mask over her mouth or nose. The stylist doing her hair can be seen following her in a black face mask. Salons in San Francisco have been closed since March and were only notified they, were, they could reopen on September 1st for outdoor hairstyling services only. Quote, I'm sharing this because of what everyone in my industry and in my city is going through right now. End quote. Salon owner Erica Kios said. Kios, in a phone interview with Fox News on Tuesday, shared details of Pelosi's visit. Kios explained she has an independent she has independent stylists working for her who rent chairs. One of my stylists who rents a chair from me contacted me on Sunday night. Mm-mm-mm. Here's what it really tells you. Yes, Nancy Pelosi is the ultimate socialist. Laws are for you, they're not for them. Laws are for the littles. Yes, that's 100% true. But you've seen these stories over and over and over again. Remember, she's not the first one. Remember Chicago's mayor, Lori Lightfoot? You don't remember that? Hang on, I'll explain. Gold Alliance is an A-plus rated company with the Better Business Bureau. And let's dwell on that for a moment. You know how difficult that is to get an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau? It's difficult. It means you've been taking care of people for a long time. And you need a gold IRA in your portfolio. You have to have it now. Look at what the Fed is doing Printing money, unbacked currency by the trillion with a T. We know how that story ends. 50 million people unemployed, new business closures every single day. Do you really honestly think the stock market stays up where it is now? Of course not. There's going to be a market correction. Don't get burnt when it does. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash jesse. You can get up to $5,000 in gold and silver coins. 
Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot recently got caught at the beginning of the coronavirus stuff when she locked everything down, got her hair cut. What is it with these women and getting her hair cut? Philadelphia's mayor recently got caught dining indoors after banning dining indoors. There are story after story after story of this happening. What does it tell you that this keeps happening? It should tell you something very, very specific. I'm going to give you a second to think about it. Nancy Pelosi says, you can't do this, you can't do that. But then she turns around and does it. Lori Lightfoot says, you can't do this, but then she turns around and does it. Mayor of Philly, Kenny, says, you can't do this, but then he turns around and does it. All of it is about coronavirus. What does it tell you about them? What does it tell you about what they believe? Hang on. Jesse Kelly returns next. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. You know what all these politicians violating their own coronavirus restrictions should really tell you? Coronavirus isn't that big of a deal. I know we're not supposed to say that, but how else am I supposed to take it? New York Governor Cuomo, wear your mask, stay inside, do your patriotic duty, wear your mask, you gotta wear a mask, gets photographed at a political event, shaking hands, kissing babies with no mask. Lori Lightfoot, you cannot go to a salon, don't you dare, this is how things spread, and into the salon she goes. Nancy Pelosi, I have endless video and audio of Nancy Pelosi scolding Trump, scolding America. You have to do this. People will die. And Nancy Pelosi traipses around a salon with no mask on at all. These people do not take coronavirus seriously. At all. They take it. As seriously as you should take it. It's a virus with 99% plus survivability. And they intentionally wrecked America's economy for it. They don't care about coronavirus. They don't care at all about coronavirus. They're not even slightly concerned about coronavirus. What do I always say? Don't tell me what you believe. Show me what you believe. They don't care. 
You've even got Dr. Fauci masked down at a baseball game. Wear your mask. Wear a shield. We're all going to die. Don't open up the economy. Up. This thing's tough to breathe. I think I'll take it down. We have behind-the-scenes video of all these reporters lecturing Trump about masks. Wear your mask. Wear your mask. Press conference ends. Reporter stands up. Mask comes off. They're not really worried about coronavirus. And normally, that wouldn't bother me, except they've ruined lives with that lie. I don't mind some hypocrisy from my politicians because, one, they're politicians. It's what they do. Two, we're all hypocrites on some level. It's it's part of our nature. So you can do your hypocrisy. It's fine. Whatever. Don't wipe out small businesses across the country while you do it. Don't destroy the hospitality industry while you do it. Don't crush 50 million jobs. Don't add trillions with a T to the deficit while you do it. Now you've gone too far. They continuously get caught violating their coronavirus restrictions because they don't take coronavirus seriously at all. They're not worried about it. Period. That's a fact. If Nancy Pelosi thought she was going to die getting her hair cut without a face mask on, she'd have a face mask on. That's just a fact. Now, Chris, headline, woman wins copyright case against adult film studio who recorded videos in her house. In Bassett versus Jensen, Miss Bassett, the owner of the property, signed an agreement with a renter to lease her Martha's Vineyard property, golly, for seven months for the sole purpose of Mr. Spafford and his, it's for the sole use of Mr. Spafford and his family. Spafford had moved to Martha's Vineyard to work as a photographer and cameraman for an adult film director. Throughout the lease, Miss Bassett claims that 21 different videos were filmed at her property. Following the end of the lease, Miss Bassett had to stop renting out the property as there was significant damage caused to the building and later due to publicity that the property was used in filming the videos. I do not want to know what the damage was to the building. Miss Bassett then argued that not only did the video showcase her property, but they had fringed her copyright on numerous of her self-made artworks, which were hanging in her property. Ew. Oh, how much would that suck? <laughs> you take all this time and you do all this artwork and then, wow, there it is in the background. Now it's uncomfortable. Mom. Mom. <laughs> Being an artist, Miss Bassett had designed a large number of artworks on her property, as well as adding artistic elements to the functional features of the property, such as the fireplace and whatnot. The defendants in this case argued that the copyright in the artworks did not exist, so on and so on and so on. Here's the ultimate question, Chris. 
How'd she find out? How did she find out? They didn't go volunteer that information to her, I'm sure. Who saw it? Who saw what? Did somebody watching one of these videos catch grandma's artwork in the background and say, and if you were to discover it that way, not exactly a proud moment, how does one go about fessing up that information? So I was flipping through the channels last night. Had no idea what this was about, and there was your artwork. Oh, you'd have to, Chris, you'd have to sell, right? I mean, you'd have to, you could never live in that home again. I could never live in that home again. You could? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm being hypocritical because I sleep in hotel rooms. Well, now I'm weirded out. Now I'm thinking about the hotel rooms, Chris, but think about that. We all sleep in hotel rooms. We all, we all know some of the things that go on in hotel rooms, not to be too vulgar about it. Well, now I'm grossed out, Chris. Now I'm grossed. Now I grossed myself out. I think I'd have to sell, man. I think I'd have to sell. I think, don't tell me you wouldn't be looking at that coffee table a little differently than you did before. I'm definitely not eating that popcorn up off the floor. You know you're not. You know it it takes it takes something away from it. It takes something away from it. I hate living with other people when they're not filming things like this. I made it a vow when I got out of the Marine Corps that I would not live with another human being until the day I got married and I kept my vow. I got out of the Marine Corps, I stayed one night with my parents before I moved into my apartment. And the only reason I didn't drive right to my apartment is it wasn't ready until the next day. One night, moved out, peace, gone. No roommates ever. I was willing to live in the absolute ghetto over having a roommate. It's the worst thing in the world. I don't like I don't like cleaning up other people's mess, stepping in other people's messes. I don't like, as you well know, I do not like public restrooms. I'm not one of these germaphobe freaks. I use public restrooms all the time, just like you do here at the office, out in public, whenever the need arises. I, however, do not enjoy the experience at all. At all. It's not a germaphobe thing. It's a I see how you treat restrooms thing, and I see you not washing your hands. How are you not washing your hands? And then you're grabbing the doorknob. Now I'm totally grossed out. We got to change the subject, Chris. Hang on. I have been that veteran hurting before. Back from combat, not wanting to see anybody quiet and feeling alone. Feeling all alone. I've been there. 
and you feel like nobody cares and nobody can understand. I mean, I had friends, I had family trying to reach out, but I just, what would I tell them? They wouldn't get it. Well, they get it at Warriors Heart Foundation. They have peer-to-peer counseling at Warriors Heart Foundation. They have an actual facility where they will bring veterans in and get them the PTSD help they need, the drug and alcohol abuse help they need. I know we're struggling with that. Go get help now. Call 866-950-0636. That's 866-950-0636. Or go to warriorsheart.com slash the first. Jesse Kelly returns next. This could very well be my most offensive show to date, Chris. So far, we've undoubtedly offended some Mormons. I've defended Nancy Pelosi as respecting the hustle. We talked about this poor lady who had some mature films filmed at her home. Chris asked if I would stay in a house, if I would live in a house where somebody was murdered. And I would, without hesitation couple different reasons. I don't consider blood as gross as the other things that you have to clean up at the other studio we were just talking about. You just clean that stuff up and move on. That's one. Two, I have this strong, strong desire to see a ghost. I want to be haunted. And I so far have come up completely empty on that front on every turn. I now I do not believe in ghosts. If you believe in ghosts, I want your ghost story. 877-377-4373. Or you can email me, Jesse at jessekellyshow.com. I just I'm dying for one, Chris. I go to haunted houses because my kid loves it. My wife loves that stuff. My kid, my, my oldest son loves that stuff. So I go every chance I get. And I'm the guy wanting to see one, but I can tell. I know my cynicism is probably what's really preventing me because you can always tell there's a couple wing nuts in there who are sure they're going to see something. And of course, they always do. Oh, didn't you hear that? No, I didn't. You probably farted. No, I didn't hear anything. I didn't hear anything. I did. did you just feel it get colder? Yeah, we walked under the air conditioning vent. It's not, it's not a ghost, but I want to see one. I think I would try to talk to it. Would you try to talk to it? I would. You don't believe it's real either. See, this is the problem because we're now our cynicism combines and we're never going to see one. Now we're never going to get haunted at the studio. Dang it. I want to be haunted. I just want to see one one time. I want to I see one one time and I want to believe it. I'm never going to believe it. So now that we've offended everybody today, Let's ask the ultimate question. Headline is this. This is from American Military News. Guantanamo detainee not entitled to due process claims, not entitled to due process claims, appeals court rules. What should be done with professed terrorists who say... They're going to go back to terrorism. And we know from the ones we've released, they do. 
pretty much 100% of the time, they go right back to killing innocent people, men, women, and children as often as possible. What is the right thing for a society to do with these people? (sighs) Keep them locked up forever? Turn them loose and let the chips fall where they may? Throw them out of a helicopter in the middle of the ocean. That is, that will be a popular answer. They should all just be executed. And actually, I'm not saying you're wrong. Put them on a trial, give them a war crimes trial, execute them. You do want a trial. You have to have at least the appearance of propriety here. But is that the right thing to do? I ask this question all the time because we still have, and this blows me away. You've heard me rant about this before. We still have thousands of ISIS prisoners. Why are there ISIS prisoners? Why are there any ISIS prisoners? This is the problem with the civilized Western society. Don't get me wrong. I'm thrilled to be in a civilized Judeo-Christian Western society. So should you. You should be very, very thrilled to be here. Just know we are blessed, very blessed. But is Western society too gentle to be honest about the real solutions for problems? And I am not one of these guys This is going to come as a shock to you. I'm not one of these guys that treats prisons as as the harshest environment in the world. I don't think you should be shackled in a dungeon for any crime. I'm a big rehabilitation guy, get back on your feet guy. I believe in second chances, third chances. Unless you're a child molester, then I think you should be killed on the spot. But for the most part, I'm a big rehab, get somebody back on their feet person. I, I Look. Nobody in this world has made more mistakes and done more crappy things than I have. So I'm all about that rehab life. But for terrorists, for terrorists who are still 100% committed, can't be rehabbed, what are we doing? Why are we still dealing with Guantanamo Bay? Why is this a thing? Why are these guys still here? Is there a plan? There doesn't appear to be a plan to me. It appears we're just going to kick this can down the road until the next Democrat gets elected and does what Barack Obama did and set some of them loose where they promptly go back to killing people. You know Obama did that, right? So if the solution is, as I know you're probably saying to yourself right now, if the solution is kill them, put them on trial, execute them, if that's the solution, okay, that's fine. Are you prepared for that? It's easy to say you're prepared for that. 
Are you prepare, prepared for the world to come down on us for that? Are you prepared for how you want them executed and how do you want them executed? Do you want them swinging from the gallows? Chris made some joke about ammo being dirt cheap. There's no way we'd get away with that. Once you start adding in blood, the gore par- portion of it, it would it would set off an outrage. That is, This is a visual process. Are you going to videotape them, picture them, swinging from that rope? Are they all going for lethal injection? Are you prepared for what comes if you have a line of 20 terrorists standing outside the lethal injection chamber? Are you ready for it? Remember, it's easy to say these things. It's another thing entirely to actually watch them. To watch what happens. Remember that Pinochet episode we did about the revolution in Chile and the caravan of death and Pinochet sending guys to the communist camps where he has the communist prisoners after he threw them out of office? And you're like, yeah, kill those dirty commies. You okay with torture? There was a lot of it. Putting cigarettes out on people. Smashed up some folk singer's hands and made him play guitar. Then sent people over to the helicopters where they took off. And by the time the helicopter landed, those communists were no longer on the helo. Sounds nice. Are you ready for it? I asked the question because I genuinely don't know. I think I'd be fine. When it comes to terrorists, I think I'd be totally fine. Are you fine? And if you are, and I am, do you think society is? And if society isn't, then are we going to be able to keep Western civilization? Hang on. Your home title is possibly, probably your biggest financial vulnerability. I mean, what would it mean to you to lose your home? That's not, that's not hyperbole. That's happening. People are having their home titles stolen. They're getting loans taken out against their home title, loans they have to pay back. And if you don't pay it back or ignore those past due notices, which you would do because you didn't take out a loan, you get evicted from your home. What does that conversation look like if you walk into your home tonight and talk to your wife and tell her, honey, I just found out we're being evicted tomorrow. What does the look on your kids' faces say to you right then? Don't let it happen to you. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Do not forget to use the promo code JESSE when you get there. That gets you 30 free days of protection.
Joining me now, Washington editor for Spectator USA, Amber Athey. Oh, apparently her, her cell phone just cut out here. We will get back to her in a moment. I think I'm going to ask her about the murder house. I don't have a problem with it. Apparently a lot of people have an issue with this, a big issue with this. I'm not making light of murder. I just don't think it's that big of a deal for a home. All I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. I would be fine with it. I mean, I would need a cleanup crew. Chris, do you know they have special units to come clean up after crime scenes and such? What a job that would be. What a job that would be. Imagine walking into crime scenes repeatedly to clean them up. That's disgusting. What's going on with them? Are the phones down? We have down phones or something? This is a disaster. This show's just going right off the rails. We're going to see if she wants to throw if she wants to throw terrorists out of helicopters. We're going to see what she feels about living in a murder house. University of Michigan to stop using police to enforce enforce coronavirus regulations. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Nick Saban leads dozens of Alabama athletes in in Black Lives Matter march. Saban was at the front of a large crowd of players who walked from Malmore Athletic Facility to Foster Auditorium's schoolhouse door. Let me let me say something here. I understand why Nick Saban would do something like this. This is all about recruiting. It's all about doing that thing to get the next running back, to get the next quarterback, get the next cornerback. All these, I, I get why these football coaches are doing this. But I think it's disgusting. I think it's disgusting because if everybody just goes along with this whole thing in their own self-interest, then we are screwed. What if leaders started leading? What if somebody with the platform and power of Nick Saban stood up and said, uh, Black Lives Matter is a leftist Marxist street gang, a violent domestic terrorist group, and I do not support that group at all? What if Nick Saban said that? Would it hurt recruiting? Probably. Probably have a couple players sit out this year. But it would also inspire actual change. It would also inspire others to step up and do the hard things. I'm so tired of people stepping up and saying the easy, popular thing because, well, he's got to coach the team. Pete Carroll said the same thing yesterday. Basically the same thing. There's a lot of things that white people need to know, he comes out and says. We we basically haven't gotten over, gotten past slavery. What? What are you talking about? You coach a room 
full of black millionaires who fly on private jets and drink champagne and date bikini models. They sign autographs. They're photographed everywhere they go. Why do people feel the need to pretend as if this ridiculous movement has validity? It's just like slavery. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. And I don't care if you're all saying it. You're all stupid. That's not true. That's ridiculous. Why do we feel the need to do this? Why are people such gutless cowards? I need someone to explain it to me. And how do you feel about yourself as a man when you stand up, defend what you know to be wrong? How do you feel when you go home at night and look in the mirror? Don't tell me Nick Saban believes in Black Lives Matter. That's stupid. That's an idiotic thing to even think he would consider that. So you stand up for what you know to be wrong. What does that feel like at night when you're brushing your teeth before bed and staring at yourself in the mirror? To know that you're responsible, at least partially, for our culture descending into madness. I'll never understand why people do it. How people do it. The Drew Brees situation, who I'm pretty sure I ran Drew Brees off of social media. The Drew Brees situation may have been, it may be the saddest one I've ever seen. Drew Brees had an outstanding reputation in his community as being a hardworking family man who constantly gave back. All these Black Lives Matter riots break out. And Drew Brees immediately comes out, puts out a video on Instagram talking about why he stands for the flag. And it wasn't just an American rah-rah thing. It was both my grand, my grandfathers fought in World War II. I mean, it was inspiring. They inspire me. I stand for the flag. Within 24 hours He's issuing multiple public apologies for talking about the flag his grandfathers fought for. You know where Drew Brees is now? Drew Brees is now wearing the name of Jacob Blake, that black guy in Kenosha who got shot by police. He's wearing the name of Jacob Blake on his helmet. Jacob Blake, who raped a teenage girl was being arrested on a felony sexual assault warrant. That's where leftism has taken Drew Brees. From a hardworking pillar of his community to somebody who proudly staples the name of a rapist on his helmet. That's what cowardice can do to you. That's what weakness can and will do to you. It turns you into a pathetic shell of yourself. And the worst part of it is, because I believe he's probably a really good dude at heart, the worst part of it is, I bet he knows it and he's too weak to stop it. He's too weak to turn it around. 
So he'll try to ignore it. He'll go along and go along. And he'll lose all that public support he'd built up. Go look at the comments on his social media pages now. It's all the people on the right saying, what happened to you? You disgust me. What happened to you? You know he's reading that. You know he knows. All it takes is a couple guys to step up and do the hard thing. Step up in your locker room. Step up and do the right thing. Others will follow. But what's happened is we've scared everybody in this culture into feeling like they have to say this or have to say that. I don't understand it, man. I don't understand it at all. I think it's sad. And shame on Nick Saban. Shame on Pete Carroll. Shame on Drew Brees. Shame on all of them. All right. We are going to try to get Amber back here in a second. I don't know what's going on with the phones. Hang on. I love the American flag, and I love when I see it flying. I love when I see it flying in my neighborhood. I love when I see it flying over a sports stadium. I love crossing my heart for the national anthem. There is something to be said for being proud of your country. You and I are blessed to live here. I'm glad the people at Atlantic Flag and Pool realize that. It's a small family business, packed full of patriots, And their mission is simply this. They want an American flag in every yard. They have this outstanding Phoenix telescoping flagpole kit, completely easy to install, and it can weather all kinds of things because it's American engineered with American aluminum. Go to AtlanticFlagpole.com. That's AtlanticFlagpole.com. Enter the discount code JESSE. That gets you 10% off. Joining me now, finally... The Washington editor of Spectator USA, Amber Athey. Amber, could you live in a house where somebody was murdered? Well, actually, there was someone who was murdered in the apartment building I live in back in uh, February, and they still have not closed the case. So I'm starting to get a little bit concerned because we have security cameras all through the place. There were apparently three people there when the guy was murdered, and yet the police have not indicated that they have arrested a suspect. Oh, that's way creepy. Okay, all right. What if you saw a ghost there? Would you like that? Would you move out? Are you a ghost person? Have you ever seen a ghost? Do you believe in ghosts? So I'm a ghost person insofar that I'm very Catholic, and I think ghosts are just demons. Okay. See, that's where I'm at. I believe in angels and demons, obviously. It's right there in the Bible. I don't know how I feel about ghosts. I want to believe in ghosts. I go to haunted houses. I've never seen squat, and the people I'm with always claim they see something. 
Well, that's part of the game, right, is a lot of people just make up seeing stuff. But I'll tell you, as someone who's had sleep paralysis before, I think that is something supernatural for sure. I don't think that's just, you know, weird visions or or something that can be explained medically. I have heard that sleep paralysis is pretty much the scariest thing that can happen to you. All right, more seriously, Guantanamo Bay. The headline came up today about a Guantanamo detainee, whatever, due process. It doesn't matter. What should be done with the avowed terrorists at Guantanamo Bay? The ultimate question. Should they be released, held for life? Should we be chucking them out of helicopters? What should a Western (laughs) society do to these people? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I definitely err on the side of, uh, I don't know, maybe not releasing them so they can come out here again. That's, you know, just, just a normal opinion. Um, but, you know, in terms of how long do you keep them there? Do you, are you supposed to bring them to the U.S. and put them on trial? I mean, it's hard for me to really say. I, I definitely feel like in terms of due process, people who are trying to commit terror against our country probably deserve a little bit less of it. I know that's a hypocritical position, but it's just uh, inherently how I feel. I hear you. See, I was okay with the helicopter solution. I think a lot of people are. It just, <laughs> I knew that was why you brought that up. <laughs> it just gets uglier. What? It, what? It gets uglier. All right. Nancy Pelosi. I have actually been defending her this morning. Not what she did. I think it's impressive that a woman as unlikable and loathsome as she is has risen to that high of a position of power in the United States of America. I think that that is quite a hustle she has going. I have no idea how she pulled it off, but I respect it. No, it's a great point. I mean, the fact that she has reached a level of celebrity where she can get a salon that's closed down to open specifically for her and break all of the coronavirus restrictions, (laughs) I will admit is pretty impressive. And I'm a little bit jealous of it because I had to wait, you know, three, four months before I could get my hair cut during quarantine, and I still have to wear a mask while I do it. And so you have the hairdresser constantly tugging on your mask on accident. And you're just, I'm just waiting for someone to make a mistake and like accidentally cut off a huge chunk of hair because this damn mask is in the way. (laughs) Amber, what is a blowout? Everybody keeps talking about blowouts and women get blowouts. What is a blowout? All right. So when you get your hair blow dried, right? Yeah. If you take a big round brush and you use it to sort of brush out the hair as you're as you're blow drying it what happens is you get a lot of volume it gets really shiny and bouncy it's uh that beautiful hair you see on the garnier fructis commercials wait so it's just brushing your hair while blow drying it it's it's an art jesse i don't i don't understand where where do you even learn this stuff is this stuff women learn early on it seems like it's so complicated to be a woman well, luckily now we have all of these YouTube channels that teach us how to do makeup and hair. So if your mom didn't know how to do it and didn't teach you, then you can find it all online. So it's a lot simpler now. But at the same time, now online with social media, there are so many new techniques that it feels a little bit overwhelming. I feel like we see way too much of Jill Biden. Uh, she's she's doing interviews constantly as if she's running for president of the United States. I think it only magnifies Joe Biden's absence from the campaign trail. But then again, I'm a misogynistic jerk. Am I wrong? Is she good for him? <laughs> it kind of makes me feel like she should be the candidate instead of him because mm-hmm. she's so much better at it. 
Although I will say, um, I believe it was yesterday, she was going around to elementary schools and celebrating the start of the school year. And all I could think about was if Joe Biden and Kamala Harris had it their way, I don't think any of these kids would be back in school. And they certainly would be having to wear masks everywhere because they want this national mask mandate. Yet in all these photos, the kids were sitting on the lawn just enjoying nature without a mask on. And I think that's considered pretty evil by the Democratic Party. You can't do that anymore. Are we going to have an official end to the mask stuff, or is it just slowly going to fade away as people break the rules, lift the restrictions, and it's just going to slowly fade away after millions of jobs lost, businesses' lives wiped out? Oh, it'll end after the election as soon as it can no longer be used as a political cudgel. But I've noticed more and more normal Americans and even abnormal Americans, which I think is what the people who live in Arlington, Virginia are, are starting to get sick of everything. Um, in Arlington, there is still an outdoor mask mandate, and I would say maybe 30, 20, 30 percent of people I see outside um, are wearing the mask, and I don't get the dirty looks that I used to a couple of months ago um, because, of course, what kind of idiot wears a mask outside? So, you know, even the liberal sort of elitists out here in D.C. Are, are starting to give up on all of this, which is a good sign, in my opinion. Amber Athey, Spectator, appreciate you very much. Thanks, Jesse. We shall return. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. I'm struggling with being salty about them destroying sports. I want to act like it doesn't bother me. I don't want to act like it's getting to me, but it is getting to me, man. It is seriously getting to me. And this is, I like football season. My heart's not breaking for baseball, but I like football season. I want sports and they're going to ruin it. And don't, don't, don't comfort yourself with, ah, we're going to have we're going to have college football. No, you won't. They're going to ruin that, too. They're going to have their Black Lives Matter shirts on. They're going to kneel for the national anthem. They're going to take all your excitement and put it in the blender and hit frappe. You wait and see. Dad gone leftist ruin everything. Hang on.
Jesse Kelly Show. This is the Jesse Kelly Show. I was looking for someone who could summarize my thoughts on coronavirus. I was looking for somebody who could summarize it perfectly and say exactly what I'm thinking when it comes to sports, Black Lives Matter. Basically, I was looking for the perfect political commentator. And I think I found him. And if I sound salty, it's because I am, and I'm salty about football. I'm a little upset about baseball. I enjoyed watching baseball games. I don't really care about the NBA, but I would tune in. Amazing athletes, honestly, the best athletes in the world, in my opinion. Tune in, especially for the finals, maybe watch a little drama. Well, I'm not watching any of that now either. But at least, after all the garbage of 2020, at least you and I had football season, right? Wrong. No. They're, they're going to take that too. As we're speaking about all that's going on, and this is about racism in America, that white people don't know. They don't know enough. And they need to be coached up. And they need to be educated about what the heck is going on in this world. They can't, the black people can't scream anymore. They can't march anymore. They can't bear their souls anymore to what they've been what they've lived with for hundreds of years because white guys came over from Europe and started a new country with a great idea and a great ideals and wrote down great uh, great great writings and laws and all of that about democracy and freedom and equality for all and then it ain't happened it is that's not what happened because we went down this this other road here we followed economics and rich rich white guys making money and they put together a, a system of slavery and we've never left it, really. It's never gone away. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. I don't even know what he was rambling about half the time, but let's just address a couple of things here. They've been going through this for hundreds of years. Nobody's 300 years old, 200 years old, 150 years old. This thing I see people do, and this isn't reserved for any religion or skin color, of they try to claim the successes of somebody in the past, or they try to claim the failures, the victimhood of somebody else in the past, that might fly with your mommy. That might fly on TV. That might fly with that idiot Pete Carroll. That doesn't fly with me. You're not a victim in this country, especially when you're Pete Carroll. You are a millionaire, and your job is to show up every single day, and you're staring at a room of probably 70% black dudes, all millionaires. Please don't tell me we've never left slavery. You know who that's disrespectful to? The poor people who actually went through slavery. Has Pete Carroll never seen documentaries on slavery? Ever read books on it? Ever seen pictures of what happened to those poor freaking people? Beaten, raped, killed, treated like cattle, 
Slavery is a disgusting, repugnant institution. And to compare what we have now with that is not only idiotic, it's completely disrespectful to the people who went through it. Man, I got to tell you, Chris, that's exactly how I feel. What? That's, that is my show. I, that's my TV show. It's on, it's on the channel, The First. You can get The First on Apple TV, Roku, Pluto TV. It's an app. You can get it on your phone or iPad or whatever. And I'm on every single night, 9 p.m. Eastern time, Chris, 8 p.m. Central. Central time. I can't decide if Central time is the superior time or mountain time. Definitely not Eastern time. Definitely not Pacific time. Eastern time, football games, they'll start at 9 o'clock, at nine o'clock at night. You can't watch it. If you have to work the next day, who stays up till midnight on a work night? Whereas Pacific time, I don't even know the difference. The games start at noon or something. It's terrible. Central time and mountain time really have something going on. Headline. Dallas Stars CEO, we're losing customers for supporting Black Lives Matter. What a shock. This is from Daily Wire. Brad Alberts, he's the owner, stated, quote, but we slash I stand by our our organization's commitment and support our players 100% to express their views. On Thursday afternoon, yada, yada, yada. So stars interim coach Rick Bowness added, quote, we're against all social injustice and racial discrimination that's going on around the world. If our players think that is the best way they can support them, then they have our full support and we're proud to do it. Essentially, they've had season ticket holders canceling tickets in droves. Sports teams around the country are seeing this. NASCAR's ratings. Are, are they still in the toilet? Chris, they were in the toilet. NBA ratings down massively. NFL season ticket holders selling. What we're going to see is a great market correction. Here's what you're here's who you're gonna witness right now. All these idiot players jump on the Black Lives Matter bandwagon, right? Crap on the flag, America's racist, America sucks. The coaches, general managers, owners of these teams. Because they're all a bunch of nutless cowards. They all feel the need to come out. I support our players. Absolutely. Black Lives Matter. Of course. Of course. Stop racism. All that stuff. They're going along now and going along now and going along now. But things have a way of working out in the end. And this is what I mean. All these leagues have players unions. Unions have agreements with the leagues. It's always a big public argument negotiation whenever the agreement runs out and they have to redo the agreement. When it comes time to redo that NFL players union agreement with the NFL league, that's when it's going to come back to bite the players and it's going to come back to bite them hard. Because lower ratings means lower advertiser revenue. Because I am company X, I will pay you 
$100,000 to put my ad on television. Why wouldn't I? Your ratings are through the roof. Oh, your ratings are down 25%? Well, okay, now I'll pay you $75,000. You see how all that works? And the players are going to be standing there when it comes time to make the next big negotiation and say, how can they give us less than we were given before? And the owners are going to say, you see this here? This is what we call the bottom line. This is revenue. You see how right about this date, revenue started to decline because you wanted to do your little Black Lives Matter party? Revenue declines your salary declines. See, that's how it works. The majority of Americans do not believe in this Black Lives Matter crap. They don't believe America is evil and racist. There are, of course, racist people in the country of all color. Plenty of racist black people. You see it out there all the time now. They just feel totally comfortable being open with it because of this idiotic black supremacist movement. There's racist white people, racist Mexican people, racist Asians, racist Cubans, racist Indians, racist everything. I know this because it's the nature of man. My skin color is better than your skin color. That's how we group ourselves up. It simplifies life. It simplifies life, which is why all these supremacist movements are generally followed by morons. Because it's a simplistic way to view the world. Hang on. American-made is important. American-made means you're providing Americans with jobs, not the Chinese. American-made also means quality, like it always has. There's a reason you get excellent warranties with American-made products. With with Atlantic Flag & Pole, you get their SEAL Team 6 guarantee against hurricanes, defects, thefts, rusts, the works. Atlantic Flag and Pole sells this outstanding Phoenix telescoping flagpole kit, American engineered with American aluminum. And you and I need to be more diligent about making sure our American flags are flying all the time now, not just on holidays. It matters. We need patriotism. Go to AtlanticFlagpole.com. That's AtlanticFlagpole.com. Enter the discount code JESSE. Get 10% off your flagpole. Is heading to Kenosha. That's after Trump just visited Kenosha, Wisconsin. Trump did a big photo op there yesterday. Met with a bunch of business owners who had their businesses destroyed. Shaking hands, kissing babies, doing the presidential thing and the political thing. There's a bit of both there, and that's awesome. That's fine. I expect that out of my president. Joe Biden following along, which is fine. I get that. Got to go do some politicking himself. 
But Joe Biden has a major, major problem. He cannot continue to follow Trump. He always ends up looking weak. Weak will not be elected in November. In November, with people this scared, they're going to be voting for strength. That's how people vote. I think Michael Moore, of all people, has it figured out pretty well. Michael Moore says Trump could repeat 2016 win with off-the-charts enthusiasm. Of course. Of course. We're going to talk to Selena Zito about this in about 10 minutes. And one of the things I'm going to ask her about, I remember she was, you know how she sticks to the back roads when she travels across the Rust Belt. She does not take highways. She sticks to the back roads. She stays in bed and breakfast. She talks to just normal people trying to get a gauge on an election. And she was one of the only people nationally who predicted strongly before the election Trump is going to win. And I'm going to ask you about this. Yard signs were part of how she made that determination. Sounds dumb, right? What does that mean, yard signs? I've started to pay a lot more attention to it. And man, it matters. It's a measure of enthusiasm for people. Enthusiasm is a big, big deal, especially when it comes to presidential elections. And no matter how much you hate Trump, who's excited to go vote for Joe Biden? Donald Trump creates excitement, creates a lot of hatred, too. That's that just comes with I mean, that comes with the job and it comes with how he is. But he creates excitement and Democrats made the ultimate mistake. I preach against this all the time, and I want you to hear me because Republicans are going to try to do the same thing the Democrats did. I know this because we did it last time with Mitt Romney. Here's what happens. Barack Obama does his first four years as president. I hated him. You hated him. And because you and I, as Republican primary voters, hated him, we get ourselves caught in this trap and assume other people hate him that much too. Well, if I hate him and you hate him, then I bet all those people hate him and everyone hates him. So obviously we're going to win as long as we don't make a mistake. Just play it safe. Don't make a mistake. Everybody hates Obama. Let's put up the safest guy in the world. Who's safer than Mitt Romney? Look at him. He's a he's handsome guy with 97 kids. He doesn't even drink alcohol. They do whole news shows on all he has is chocolate milk as his only vice. What a saint. It's safe, right? History. You know, we study that a bit on the show. History tells us presidents get reelected. Almost all of them get reelected. Why is that? Because there's so much power that comes with the office. Think of the publicity Trump gets every single day. Now, it's all bad, but it's all about him. 
And he's meeting with world leaders. It looks presidential. He's flying on Air Force One. It looks presidential. He's visiting Kenosha. It looks presidential. He has generals saluting him and Marines saluting him every day. It looks presidential. The power of the office helps keep you in the office. You cannot, as a rule, you cannot defeat an incumbent president with a safe pick. You have to take a big chance and swing for the fences and maybe lose, maybe lose embarrassingly, but you have to swing for the fences. But parties make the mistake. Democrats did it this time. The same thing we did with Mitt Romney. I hate Trump. Trump's the devil. Uh, Trump is a Nazi. Trump is the Antichrist. I hate Trump, and you hate Trump, and everyone hates Trump, and Hollywood hates Trump, and media hates Trump, and hate, hate, hate. Trump sucks, Trump sucks, Trump sucks. Let's just put up, we could put up a crash test dummy, and he could beat Trump. And so they actually picked someone who really might be a crash test dummy by this point in time. And he doesn't excite anybody. And you can hear it on the campaign trail. These things Joe Biden is saying. And I've, and I've, I told him, wait, I, what was it? Chocolate milk, walnuts, ducks, and turtles. He loses his train of thought. He sounds exhausted. He always sounds exhausted. And he's at a point when he's as rested as he's going to be. This is as rested as Joe Biden is going to be. They made a mistake. The same mistake we make. Let us remember that so in the future we don't ever make that mistake again. Do not nominate a safe pick to bounce an incumbent. And he's totally, I mean, talk about being trapped in the bubble and off message. Headline, Biden says he'd consider shutting down the U.S. again. What? Even if if you're one of these hardcore coronavirus people, there's no way you can be stupid enough to think the country would be on board with shutting down again at this point in time. People are losing their minds over this shutdown. They've lost their businesses. Restaurants are going out of business by the dozen. Are you an idiot? You shut down again? That is so off message and so against what the public wants. The campaign's lost. Lost. But remember, it's about more than just the presidency. It's about the down-ballot races. The Democrats have so much of this culture and so much power during these riots, not because they have the presidency. They don't. They have it because Democrats focus on judges. Democrats focus on district attorneys. I'm looking at a headline right here. California district attorney instructs officers to determine if looters need items before making arrests. I'm not exaggerating. That's real. That's real. We focus a lot on the sexy things because you and I don't live politics, right? I talk it for a living. I don't live politics. 
And president's sexy. Commander in chief. Woohoo! You know it's not sexy? The local judge race. Oh, who cares about that? I've never even heard of either of these people. Why does this matter? Well, when they start looting, rioting, and burning, and the local district attorney decides I'm not even going to charge this guy, it matters now, doesn't it? And when some Second Amendment guy tries to protect a business, ends up in a violent confrontation, and he gets charged with murder one, it matters now, doesn't it? Hang on. You don't put all your eggs in one basket. I'm sure that's not the first time you've ever heard somebody say that, but my goodness, you and I both need to hear that more often because I still talk to friends of mine, accomplished friends of mine who have every dime they have in stocks and bonds. Look, that's fine if you want to do some of that, but you really mean to tell me you don't have a gold IRA by now? You see the things the federal government is doing with the financial system? The chaos worldwide financially right now? You don't think you need some gold? My goodness, you do. You need a gold IRA from Gold Alliance. They have an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau for a reason. Go find out why. Go to goldalliance.com slash jesse. That's goldalliance.com slash jesse. That can get you up to $5,000 in free gold and silver coins. Joining me now, the great... Selena Zito, who writes for every publication under the sun, but also, as I was discussing earlier, wrote the book The Great Revolt about Trump's coalition. And she's the only person I know nationally who told everyone who would listen that Donald Trump was going to win re-election. And everyone called her an idiot, and she didn't know what she was talking about. And look who's smart now, Selena. I understand (laughs) you get to talk to the two most important men in America over a 24-hour span. Is that true? Uh, Yes, that would be you and President Trump. (laughs) Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. That's exactly... Did I get that answer right? (laughs) Yes, ma'am. You most definitely did. I am excited for you to get to talk to me, and less so President Trump. In all seriousness... How does one score an interview with the man himself? Um, essentially, you ask. Uh, sometimes, uh, I mean, I've interviewed presidents all the way back to George W. and H.W. Bush. So, uh, you know, it, it, it really is about asking. And most of the time, the answer is no. Uh, but I, I have interviewed um, every president back to H.W. Bush and the vice president. In fact, this will be the first time in my career well, uh, when I have not interviewed uh, both sides of the aisle um, uh, that are running for president, um, and that would be Joe Biden. I have Now, I have interviewed uh, Biden 
dozens of times over the years, but not as the nominee. Uh, so, and, and it's not like I didn't ask. He was just in my backyard literally two days ago. What type of guy is Biden? Not pol- not politically. Obviously, everyone knows I can't stand Democrats politically. What type of guy is he? I mean, I understand he's a politician, so you even in a private interview, you're going to get that. But what kind of guy is he? Um, he's a guy that loves people and loves life. You know, he's the kind of guy at the, at the party or at the barbecue where, uh, you know, you start talking to him and, and it's fun and you're enjoying it. And all of a sudden it's 40 minutes later and you're like, OK, maybe this conversation went too long. Uh, but, you know, he's he in, in real life, he can be a very likable guy. This is a person that's been a politician for the majority of his life. So you hone those skills those people skills, and that's essentially how he has maneuvered his way up uh, within American politics. What's the, I mean, as much as you're allowed to speak about this, what's the Joe Biden, Jill Biden relationship like? Everybody has a different relationship when it comes to their marriage, and I will tell you, I see so much of her, in my opinion, way too much of her. I think they're putting her out there because she's still sharp and he's very much not but what's their relationship like are they close is it one of these clinton marriage of convenience things what is it you know i have never really in all my years of covering him and you have to remember that because i live in pennsylvania and because he's from delaware and because he was born in pennsylvania he always called himself the third senator from pennsylvania uh he um i've never really observed the two of them together long enough to make an assessment of that relationship. How'd you call it with Trump? What 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 led you to believe when everyone else told you you were an idiot? What led you to believe <laughs> Trump was going to win? Because you were sure of yourself. Yeah, uh, the voters. It had nothing to do with him. You know, everybody thinks that that election was about him. Nah, it had to do with the people that um, voted for him. It had to do with the unique coalition, which is outlined in the a book, The Great Revolt, which I see uh, every day. I just drove across my state yesterday uh, for a story. Um, and you see that coalition in places that people didn't understand it was forming, like suburban women that are gun owners or Paroista voters, voters who vote like sort of like as often as Haley's Comet comes around, right? They're, they don't come out all all the time. Uh, so I, I got it through their stories, through their observations, and through watching them move away um, either from the establishment Republican Party or the Democratic Party um, to be part of this coalition. What are you seeing now? Um, I, I, w- I see the same thing. Uh, and what I, the other thing that I'm really observing, which I found fascinating in my drive across the state yesterday, was the rural areas in 2016. I kept telling my co-author, Brad Todd, um, there's a lot of signs out here. And he would say, Zito, signs don't lo- don't vote. And I'm like, all right, all right, all right. Well, 2016 ain't got nothing on 2020. I mean, it was, it's, in, it's insane. The, it is the amount of signage, homemade signs. Uh, uh, if you went down to the local GOP and got a sign, you didn't get one, you got five. Uh, Trump flags um, in places where he needs to turn out more voters. 
And that's the key thing. He needs to turn out more rural voters. And I'm seeing that enthusiasm in those areas. And in Pennsylvania, that is the, that is the key for him to win. I would say that my state is at about one percentage point in either direction, um, which is, you know, drastically different, I think, than what people would have said two weeks ago. Um, but this case, this race has moved, and um, I, I think it's a jump ball race right now. A jump ball race is uh, making a whole lot of Trump voters listening to my show awfully nervous. What is he doing to the? Why is it even a jump ball race? Oh, but, I, a lot uh, of people look at this violence and they say Trump's got it won. Why? Why is it a jump ball? Well, I, let's put it this way: he was he was in the hole uh, a month ago. Trump was in the hole. He was not in a good place. He is. People are now paying attention, and it's moving in his direction. And, and I would say he probably has the advantage at this moment. Uh, his his um, his his numbers have moved up. He did an effective job in his uh, convention of having everyday people tell their stories and talk about their lives. And at the end of the day, that's what you want at a convention, not people from Hollywood, but regular people who tell the stories of their lives, and people can look at them and say, there by the grace of God those names. That's me. I understand this story. I understand this person. And that moved people towards Trump. Uh, Trump has got to go out and earn these voters, but I, I think that he is in a very good place right now. Do you believe in ghosts? Yeah, of course. I live in a hundred-year-old house. Can I? Do you want to sit down and set a spell and talk about it? Yes. Have you ever seen one? Um... No, but I certainly have felt them. Oh, are you like? What do you mean you felt them? Well, you know, I've heard sounds in the house. Ooh, uh, tell me about the sounds. Uh, the kids and I were in the kitchen one time when they were young, and we had a piano in the sunroom, and the piano started playing. Oh, that's sweet. Was it actual music, or was it just somebody pressing the keys? I can't. I cannot remember uh, I, because I was just so shocked by the sound because we all, all three of us looked at each other and, really, and we took this mental assessment, oh, wait, we're the only people in the house and someone's playing the piano. And we went running in and it stopped and there was no one there. Oh, that's so cool. I want that. I've been to all these haunted houses and all the other places and I can't ever see anything. It sucks. All right, Selena Zito, where's your <laughs> newsletter? Where can people get it? I would love it if people would go to selenazito.com. They can uh, sign up for my emails. It's S-A-L-E-N-A-Z-I-T-O. Um, the emails are free. They're not fattening. They're fun. And they take you across the country with me. Selena Zito, appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you. Have a great day. You do. Man, I want to see someone play the piano. I want to see a ghost play the piano, Chris. I don't know why you're... See, this is the difference. Neither of us have seen one, but I want to. You're just so scornful of everything. Hang on.
missed out? Catch up. JesseKellyShow.com Don't get burned by having your home title stolen. Do you know how easy it is for these thieves now, these cyber thieves? I'll put it to you this way. 75%. That's the increase in cyber crime since the COVID lockdowns have, have gone into place. More people are home. More people are working from home. They're putting their information out there online. And the cyber thieves, it's like Christmas for them. It can happen to you. The people at Home Title Lock did it to me as an example of how easy it is. Their expert jacked my home title, forged mine and my wife's signature on it, and sent it back to me. They said it took them 10 minutes. They could take a loan out with that. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address just to see if you're already a victim. While you're there, sign up. Use the promo code JESSE. Get yourself 30 free days of protection. Chris, do you know what a tremendous burden it is to be right all the time? What? What? Look, it's a heavy load. It's a heavy load, man. I'm telling you what. What have I been telling you is coming? Headline. Armed neighborhood watch forms in wake of Kenosha riots. About 10 residents are taking part in a nightly watch, including Jason Autumn and Gilbert Rosales, both longtime residents of the neighborhood. The pair said they're not looking to start trouble. They're simply hoping to keep any trouble away from their quiet streets. Quote, all we're doing is making sure the community here is able to go asleep, sleep fine, and are not worried about anything, said Rosales. Rosales, who said he's lived in the area for 18 years, got involved after seeing other members of the neighborhood guard assembling Tuesday. The effort was launched after a neighborhood watch meeting held in wake of the violence that ensued largely in the city's downtown and uptown districts after the police shooting on August 23rd of Jacob Blake. Anyone trying to enter the subdivision in evening hours are typically met by a couple of armed homeowners. Rosella said the intent is not to intimidate or harass anyone, but simply to let any uninvited guests know that residents are wide awake and watching for any trouble. And this is not the end. This is the beginning. I told you this was coming. These armed neighborhood watches are going to be forming across the United States of America. Because no one seems to actually want to put down these riots. The rioters are only going to get bolder and bolder and bolder. The clash between them and some of these armed people in the suburbs is coming. When it's coming, I don't know. But it's not going to be pretty. And you can sit there and do what you're tempted to do, what I'm tempted to do. Yeah, I hope they go out there and try. You don't. You don't. People are going to get hurt. People are going to die. People are going to die. Do you know what that looks like? Laying down in the street 
with a sucking chest wound, calling for your mom in neighborhoods, that street right out in front of your home. Do you want that there? You want your kids watching it? I don't. I don't. And you really don't either. But it's coming. And when it gets here, the people you can blame for this are all the people who jumped on this idiotic bandwagon from the very beginning. Chris, do you still have that cut we played yesterday of all those, all the Democrats and leftist pundits encouraging this, get in your face, violence, do to them what they're doing, just no justice, no peace. Let me know if you have that, Chris. Why there yep. aren't uprisings all over the country, and maybe there will be. People need to start taking to the streets. This is a dictator. You know, there needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there is unrest in our lives. Enemies of the state. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. Do something about your dad's immigration practices, you feckless. When they go low, we kick. How do you resist the temptation to run up and wring her neck? Biggest terror threat in this country is white men, most of them radicalized right up to the right. I thought he should have punched him in the face. I said, even if you lost, he insulted your wife. Yes. He came down the escalator and called Mexicans rapists and murders. He said, well, what do you think I should have done? I said, I think you should have punched him in the face and then gotten out of the race. And you would have been a hero. I'd like to punch him in the face. I said, if we were in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. Punch some people in the face. When was the last time an actor assassinated a president? They're still going to have to go out and put a bullet in Donald Trump, and that's a fact. Look as his character is stabbed to death. Where is John Wilkes Booth when you need him? I have thought an awful lot about blowing up the White House. A Missouri state senator is under investigation by the Secret Service after saying she hopes President Trump is assassinated. I will go and take Trump out tonight. And if you see anybody from that cabinet in a restaurant... In a department store, at a gasoline station, you get out and you create a crowd. And you push back on them. And you tell them they're not welcome. And so on, and so on, and so on, and so on. Four years now of Nazi, punch a Nazi, either a Nazi, anyone who votes for Trump is a Nazi, 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 Nazi. Why do you think they do that? They do that for the same reason... We called Germans Huns in World War I. They do that because it's easier to hurt somebody. It's easier to justify it in your mind when you dehumanize them and make them something other than a human being. What can't you do to a Nazi? Your conscience will allow you to do anything to a Nazi, right? It's a Nazi. As soon as they started calling you and I Nazis, we all should have known that violence was coming. Calling someone a Nazi or something like that is step one. Preparing the battlefield. That's what they were doing. Hang on.
one in three adults has pre-diabetes. One in three. That means it could be you, your football buddy, your football buddy, or you, your best man, your worst man, you, your dog walker, your cat jogger. While one in three adults has pre-diabetes, with early diagnosis, pre-diabetes can be reversed. Take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Wait, did they just say one in three adults has pre-diabetes? That's 33.33333% of adults. That means it could be me, my boss, or my boss's boss, or me, my favorite sister, or my other sister. That's seven members of my 21-person romantic book club. <gasps> Wait, the one in three could be me, my karaoke partner Carol, or ugh, my karaoke anime Jeff. I'm going to take the risk test at doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its pre-diabetes awareness partners. Chris, we just had somebody write me and say, Hey, Jesse, I can't find any of the old podcasts of your show prior to April 2nd. Where can I find them? That is when the show went nationally syndicated. So all the older ones went away. That's one. Two, if you've already listened to every one of my shows from now, so I mean, since April, that's incredible. <laughs> We're very popular, Chris. It's a very important show. It's very heady. We talk about some stuff that's going to go over your head like ghosts. In adult film houses. We didn't even discuss the Olive Garden breadstick hot dogs today. We should have. I know. I know. Look, remind me. We'll dig into that and other important stuff tomorrow. In the meantime, y'all take it easy. We're going to have some more fun tomorrow. We got a cool story for you. That's all. Jesse Kelly Show. On the Jordan Harbinger Show, you'll hear amazing stories from people that have lived them, from spies to CEOs, even an undercover agent who infiltrated the Gambino crime family. You're about to hear a preview of the Jordan Harbinger Show with Jack Garcia, who did just that. My career was 24 out of 26 years, was solely dedicated working undercover. I walk in, I'm in the bar. Now there's a barmaid there, good looking young lady. She serving me drink. Hey, what would you like? I usually my drink was give me a kettle, one martini, three olives, glass of water on the side. I finish the drink. The guys come in. I'm gonna go, go in my pocket, take out the big wad of money. Bam! I give her a hundred dollars. If you're with the mob, I say, hey Jordan, you're on record with us. That means we protect you. Nobody could shake you down. We could shake you down, but you're on record with us. For more on how Jack became so trusted in the highest levels of the Gambino organization, check out episode 392 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.